Speaking of kids, I uh, mine are both at home now, obviously, since everything yeah. is closed. And so if you hear yelling and, and stomping upstairs, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the new normal now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually locked them up, so we'll be all right for an hour and a half. <laughs> Mine I, are I too put, small to lock up. Uh, <laughs> a little bowl of water and stuff, you know, we can do, a, we can do wonders. <laughs> well, if I put them in front of the TV and put something like Paw Patrol on, they can probably occupy themselves <laughs> for now. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Endurance Innovation. And this week, we have some really interesting guests. Uh, so we've got some of the, uh, the brains behind the Notio Connect from, uh, from Montreal, Canada. So another Canadian company, which is super exciting. And we've got, um, so I'm going to try the French pronunciation first, and then I'll give the English versions after, but uh, Simone and Guillaume. And in English, it's Simon and Gollum, or Guillermo, I think was the other option. That we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> so You mangled so, my name. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. It's a hard but, one for uh, the English crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to pretend that I speak much French at all. Um, something I wish I did more. But uh, instead of focusing on my lack of linguistics abilities, let's uh, let's take a look at the the technology that you guys have brought to the table because it's super interesting. And for Michael and I, who are giant nerds, uh, this is just fantastic to see something like this released. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. In these in these uh, special times. Yeah, yes. we're. We're still podcasting, and that's uh, that's kind of the hashtag that's trending on the in the podcast world, to uh, you know to to signal that that not all is uh, not all is lost, that you can still listen to us nerd out on uh, triathlon and cycling related products. Yeah, unfortunately, there's just not many group rides going on at the moment. So in Alberta, it's partially weather related, but I think in Ontario, you guys have had pretty good weather, and I don't know about uh, Quebec, probably similar to Ontario, but. It's probably starting to impact people quite a bit now. It snowed this morning, so it's kind of, oh, it's March. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On Saturday, I was on the track at uh, Circuit Gilles Villeneuve in Montreal, and there was, there was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of cyclists. I maybe crossed about 10 or 15, but usually there was much more on a beautiful day, but it's still cold. It's zero Celsius degrees, so you got to have your winter kit on and, and all of that. Sure. But, you know, it would have it started right right about this week, I think. So guys, for those who are not familiar with the Notio product, can you spend a little bit of time describing what it is, what it does, and uh, just to give us an idea? Yeah. So yeah, as a, a generally, it's a we, it's an aerometer. So you uh, strap it on your bike, and it uh, helps you understand. Um, how your drag affects your performance. So uh, the basics of it is that it's got a, a pitot tube on it. So it's a it's a small device that you would put on your uh, on your uh, your bars or on your um, your extensions, and uh, it measures basically airspeed. And um, with having you have to pair it with a, a power meter, so you already have to have a power meter and a speed sensor. So the general concept is that it looks at the energy that you input on your bike. It looks at the speed you're going. And um, it, uh, it it tries to, to understand where you have energy loss that's not all going towards speed. So are you going up a hill? Are you going down a hill? Uh, is the road surface uh, creating too many vibrations? Is slowing you down? And then 
taking into account the, the part where you're fighting the air. So atmospheric pressure, the wind, and all of that. And uh, with that, we can do some magic, which uh, Simo, is, uh, our lead engineer, could get a bit more into. But uh, basically, it, uh, it allows us to, um, to deviate a, a CDA number, which uh, you know, we tested in the wind tunnel and all of that. So we were able to get you know, pretty close to the numbers uh, you would get in a, in, in a real life situation. And uh, that allows you to have um, your CDA number, so your drag coefficient. And uh, then once you have that, benchmark yourself, try different positions, different equipment. Uh, for sure, equipment has an impact, but it's it's more like a 20%, 80% is your body positioning. So, um, And then become more efficient at it, train towards getting more efficient, and then you know get what we call free watts, basically, just from body position for sure. It's not something that's just easy out of the box. You you go out, you get your number, and then you get free speeds, but you know how to train towards. So that's 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 the nosio, and it comes with a set of tools. So you have a software analysis platform, which you can you know geek out like crazy and and look at all the data points, and that's mostly what the pro teams are using. Or you can use the um, the new app that we've. Um, pushed out in September and in that app you have some um, some aero data to allow you to not have to have a PhD in aerodynamics <laughs> to use the software and <laughs> and so basically the app is, is there to kind of like um, uh, just a halfway point between uh, totally geeking out and, and getting some results so with the app you have uh, access to uh, two different tools so um, we'll get into that I think a, a bit more in the discussion but you know uh, different protocols that we we uh we bring forward with the with the app so yeah it's an aerometer <laughs> essentially it's one of the first that uh, that's out there and that's available to the public um and uh that's what we work on uh, every day that's a great explanation i i had uh, a few questions when you started talking but then you already kind of ticked them off as you uh, as you described what it does and I think that resonates so much with us as well, because we've always been talking about how, yeah, you can spend a lot of money on equipment, but um, but really as a person, you're kind of the, the big lumpy part that's not very aerodynamic. <laughs> Everything else yeah. is wind tunnel tested, but uh, very rarely are humans developed in the wind tunnel. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's 3G printed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the thing is with, with equipment, I mean, it, for for example, uh, an helmet doesn't mean that if this helmet was te tested like faster than, than the other one, doesn't mean that this same helmet would be faster on you. So by with no show, you can then measure: is it really faster? Is it really faster than the other one? And and you can know for for you for yourself if this one is is better or, or it's not. Yeah, and then the the idea, just to piggyback on that, is that uh, your equipment also can be tested, and some equipment actually at thirty k an hour uh, would actually be worse on your CDA and worse on impact. But then, when if you ride at forty five kilometers an hour, well, then you know that's where that uh, that that helmet or that skin suit starts to make sense and and gives gives you gains. So it's a very it's a very complicated uh, kind of a world, the aero world, and uh, there's a lot of. Um, uh, you know, you have to take everything a, a bit in a grain of salt. So I think that Nocio is kind of there to, to, so that you can test personally if that has effect on you at the speed that you're going and with the results you want to get. Yeah, you guys are speaking our language. I think Andrew and I have been beating the drum of uh, of taking aero claims from manufacturers with that grain of salt that you mentioned, and that it's mm -hmm. not. You know, there's there's almost no good way of 
taking the data that they present and then generalizing it to your very specific use case. I mean, when it's when it's like a bicycle or wheels, that's a little bit more straightforward. But when you're, as you mentioned, when you're talking about kit like helmet or, you know, or or your suit or shoe covers or anything like that, then it's it's a very specific uh, use case because it depends on position. But what you said that that I didn't fully appreciate, and maybe Andrew did, was that speed makes such a difference. That at different speeds, different pieces of equipment um, can have different effects on drag. Now, this is just a very nerdy question for me, but uh, and a little bit outside of maybe the scope of the conversation about your specific device. But can you talk a little bit about why that is? Why at if we're not changing yaw angle or position, why uh, airspeed can make a difference? Uh, or your the airspeed that that a rider holds can make a difference to the aerodynamic goodness or badness of uh, of a specific equipment hmm. choice. Well, I think I think I had discussions with with this off you know off of this podcast with uh, with Andrew and and and, and you know every day with Simo is it all has to do with with uh, a number called the Reynolds number. <laughs> And um, stop me, guys! I'm not the engineer in the room right now. If I, if I start saying uh, crazy things, but uh, there's 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 a, a question about you know how the air impacts the rider at different speeds, and that's that's I think um, if you go and look into that, the Reynolds number it talks about the difference between a laminar flow and a transition transitional flows, and um, so you know when 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 a company like uh, a car company like Tesla comes out and says you know that this is the CDA of our car that. If you go look in the documentation, I don't remember this number, but they, they give it like a fixed number. People will say, well, you know, CDA should be a fixed value. But it is in a situation where um, you're not affected by transitional flows. So basically where when the air is is, is, is laminar, so when you're going in higher speeds, the uh, impact of turbulence doesn't affect as much the forward movement. Well, we're, when you're going at lower speeds, especially for a cyclist between, you know, 20, 20K to, to, to 45, 50K an hour, uh, for sure, you're like in that transitional flow where, where turbulence is closer to the rider um, and it, it can affect positively or negatively the the, uh, the rider. So turbulence can actually pull you back or can help you move forward. Usually it doesn't help you move forward <laughs> that much, but so we're in, we're in that zone of transitional flow. You know, if, if, if we find people that can push so many Watts that they're going a hundred K an hour, well then we'd say that the CDA that they have is, 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 is not relative anymore. And it's, it's just a fixed number, but um, in, in the areas of study and where the athletes are actually going at, I think that has a huge impact. And that's the, that's the part where me and Simone would pull out a PowerPoint and just show you the, <laughs> <laughs> the graphics of it. But, um, I don't know if that's, you know, a, a good enough answer, but totally. it's pretty much where, where we're in, into the science. So, so, you know, mm. you can be pushing really, really fast and have, have a, have a bike set up that works at 45, but then when you're going at 30, it creates a turbulence that's too close to the bike or doesn't stick to the bike. So it, it you know, that's where actually you have to, test everything and, and, and look at it to a scientific lens and take these factors into account. That's the challenge. Huh. So that's that's a fantastic explanation. And what I love about this is it's got such a dramatic name from engineers who are usually probably around the most boring people you can imagine. Uh, hey, they call this the... <laughs> <laughs> I like engineers. As, as an engineer, I feel qualified to say that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's called the drag crisis, which is... Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Can you, so in, in all the crises that, that we're facing right now, the drag crisis, the, the, kind the, of the magnitude of the drag crisis seems to be a little bit less pertinent. 
<laughs> so it's a super interesting phenomenon, though, where your your CD actually drops by almost a factor of five at this transitional point that uh, that he was mentioning there. But um, it's it's incredible to to look at the the difference that this plays. But what happens is your body is triggering these different transitions at different points. So as you speed up, um, it'll start with your larger objects like your your head or your legs, and then it'll move over to smaller objects like your arms, and then to even smaller objects as your speed increases. And it will continue to re- to change the CD and the the interaction between the wake of these different objects. So it actually it is fairly dynamic, which is something that's not discussed very often. But it's uh, really, it comes down to the golf ball effect. Um, so you're just kind of artificially creating that golf ball effect. So it's, um, uh, super interesting if you want to, if anyone who's listening wants to dive a little bit deeper into it, but, uh, without boring anyone else who's not interested, maybe we can just leave it at that for the discussion here. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the thing to get out of this is that, you know, it's, for now, maybe that one day, you know, this device will be able or devices that will be out there in the field will be able to take all these factors into account. And, and maybe it won't be called CDA anymore. We'll find like a, a you know, like a, like power meters that they found like normalized powers and multiple ways to, hmm. to talk about power and, and, and make it easier to, to understand and to train with. Well, it's the same thing for Aero. So right now, um, somebody that wants to get into this and uses devices like ours and devices that will be coming out, you know, you have to, uh, you have to take that into account. Right now, there's, there's, we're working at trying to find a way to, 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 to have you be able to compare your performances at different uh, speeds. But right now, you have to, when you go to test, you have to take these things into account. So that's that's the biggest challenge is getting that information out there and have people understand it. And, and as a cyclist, you know, when we're rolling, it's, you got a lot of things to think about. So, but that's another added thing, but <laughs> education will, I think will, will help in all these discussions that we're having. And I think there's no question that when power meters first came out or even heart rate monitors, people didn't really know what to do with the information. And because this is such a, a new style of sensor, it's still in its infancy. So it's it will evolve over time and people will learn the best way to use it. So I think it's just um, it's just the the early adopters who are going to provide the feedback now and then the general public later on will really come to understand it and value its its input. So this is a really good segue into Andrew's first question, and that is, uh, I know I'm stealing your thunder a little bit here, but, but uh, <laughs> what... It, I got to talk about Reynolds numbers, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even, you know what, you didn't even bring it up this time. That's uh, that's an extra special point. Uh, Actually, I brought it up, exactly. and I'm a designer, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> you're, now you're stealing our thunder. Um, so what was, uh, so this was Andrew's question, but what was the initial, uh, the, the inspiration for the initial concept? And uh, why did you guys think that there was, you know, a place in the market for something like this? I think we touched upon it a little bit, or maybe you hinted at it a bit, but uh, if you can flush that out a little bit more. Well, it's it's an Argon, so you know we we work closely with Argon eighteen. Um, so it's actually started as an Argon eighteen project. Um, they have a they had a small uh, unit of a uh, product development that uh, worked on like future project, like almost like a concept car, but it was a concept bike. So I think as early as two thousand sixteen, the owner of Argon eighteen had this had this crazy idea of like a, you know creating a fully telemetric bike with everything and offering a, uh, a platform for, for athletes to, to be able to analyze everything in one, in one place, one bike, one, you know, one platform. And, and the next frontier I think, uh, was, was arrow. You know, there's a lot of discussions about it still then at the time also. And, and, you know, how do you, how do you measure that without having access to a wind tunnel? So that's where the idea of taking a pitot tube off, off of, of an airplane and, and looking with 
they've been doing in, in the car industries and aer- aeronautics and bring that to the bike. So basically, they worked on integrating uh, um, the, the nocio concept. So basically, the pitot tubes and accelerometers and, and things like that within the frame of a bike. And they presented it at that Airbike uh, in um, 2017. 16, yeah, 16. Uh, 16, yeah, 2016. And then uh, from there, basically, uh, got a lot of traction, got a lot of attention, and they really wanted to, you know, pursue that dream and, you know, create that bike. The problem is, is like, you know, putting that inside of a, a frame and uh, creating one model, you know, it, it would be just like, just, just one bike, you know, and then that bike, you know, will will need to be you know, be sold and it doesn't have access to a lot of people that way so business-wise it didn't make that much sense and uh and and, and for research it was more interesting to actually extract all of that telemetry and, and put it in a in a, a smaller size device that you can actually put on multiple bikes and have multiple people benefit from it not just an argon 18 you know a sponsored athlete that would have access to that crazy bike mm-hmm. So that's how it all started. And then it created its own unit called the uh, Nocio. That's how the Nocio Technologies was born. Uh, it started as a really small team. I wasn't there yet. Uh, it was uh, Marc Graflin, which is, um, uh, really worked hard at that and, uh, and, and, and worked with all the science um, and, uh, and created a, the team that we know now as, as, as Nocio. Um, yeah, so that's how it, it, it all started. Yeah, and, and I think the initial concept was to have Notion Connect, which is connecting to like everything and get all the data from different sensors. So the first, I think the first initial concept out of this it was to collect data and be able to to um, to measure or uh, to to get some metric for for the rider to be able to understand more every aspect of the of the bike or and how people ride the bike and so yeah but then we kind of focus on only one thing which is the aerodynamics uh for now just like to, to start somewhere and it's then, not that we just focused on aerodynamics it's just no, aerodynamics yeah. the first thing that we're really good at and that we could actually bring out to everybody because the, the the concept is still that is to be able to have like a full writing analysis and and bring in like geek like geek out on on all the data you know not just your your speed and your power and your heart rate it's like how all of these com, you know work with within each other and together and and understanding the full profile of an athlete through data so like dynamic crr mechanical efficiency you know uh, power to cda uh, you know power to cda to speed to heart rate and you know be able to have a platform that mixes all of that and one device that allows you to connect all of the data sensors and 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 aggregate all of that so that's 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 really what what this this so basically we kind of dropped the name connect so it was the no show connect to start with and then we were concentrating now i think on the website it's quite it's quite complicated to get around it sometimes we still have some different words wording about it but it's it's mostly now it's the no show aerometer so that's what it, it does it's still packed with other sensors which you know as as we'll go forward will be unlocked through firmware but uh right now it's really the, the, the first thing that we can bring to everybody. Um, but you still have access to all the other sensors if you use Golden Cheetah and stuff like that. But then I'm becoming a salesman. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just to say that the, you know, the, the initial concept was that and that uh, as we went through uh, about two years ago, took a decision to just focus on the thing that we could do great and, and, and bring that through, through the app. But Golden Cheetah does give you also access to all the different other um, tools that we're working on and developing. 
That's a great intro. What I would like to do at this point is to uh, offer our listeners a little bit of a summary of how something like this would work and all of the components that you mentioned. You, you mentioned dynamic CRR and you mentioned dr- uh, drivetrain drag, which Andrew and I talked a little bit about. Uh, well, actually, both of those things on our last episode. So go back and listen to that one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> in calculating and uh, really in calculating how fast your bike goes, you kind of look at, you know, power in versus power out and uh and as you guys alluded to a little bit earlier the the power in there's really only one source of power in and with the direct measurement power meter which is for those of you who maybe didn't appreciate the fact that's why you need a power meter to use a device like the Notio because you need to have an accurate idea of what power in is so that's why a power meter is essential but power out is way trickier because you know power out one of them one of the components of course is aerodynamic drag and at you know, the kind of speeds that cyclists go at aerodynamic drag can contribute a very large percentage of uh, total power loss. But the other elements or the other parts of power loss are drivetrain drag and rolling resistance drag. Those are probably the other two big ones. So in creating a device that calculates your aerodynamic drag, you know what speed is and you fairly accurately and you know what power is fairly accurately because you've got a power meter but figuring out those two other components like drivetrain drag and uh, rolling resistance drag that's super tricky so this is kind of like an explanation from my end that leads into a question which i kind of tend to do all the time so that question is how do you figure out what your rolling resistance is when there's so many so many unknowns. For instance, you can know what the rolling resistance of a specific brand and model of a tire is, like Andrew and I talked about in that last episode. But how do you know what sort of air pressure the person's running or what the, let's say, what the road surface is and what the true rolling resistance of, um, you know, in the moment, the dynamic coefficient of rolling resistance, as you mentioned, how do you measure that without actually, well, getting really convoluted? And the same question to, uh, to drivetrain, like how do you know how clean that individual's uh, chain is, or whether they did ride through mud, as Andrew suggested? So I think that like the the the, the gist of the, the the actual methods of getting at it and the science behind it, I think uh, we're we're that's the, some of the projects that um, that Simon is is working on with with our team. Okay. Uh, um, so I don't think we can actually like speak to the science directly right now because we're still you know working at that and, and trying to find out. Sure. What we do know now for somebody that would want to get into aerodynamics and you know would get a Nocio or any other one that will be out in the market um, in the future is that for now you have to be kind of a diligent at, at, at doing your testing a bit, be a bit more scientific. So, you know, you got those websites which are going to give you, like you said, the tire brand and the CRR and stuff like that. And 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 so when when you do go out on the on the road and start and start using the device, um, if you do test on a on a different surfaces, it means that when you go out now and test, you got to be aware of the environment in which you're testing. Okay. So um, there's no dynamic CRR right now. Um, you know, these are, are things I think that we could say that could fairly come soon, but they're not not still ready to be to be. Uh, you know, they're not fully all fleshed out in different conditions. So right now it's mostly, you know, uh, pen and paper, <laughs> you go and write for a day and you say, okay, today I tested on, uh, on, on this circuit and, uh, and the road surface is pretty good. And, and the next day you go on another road circuit and you try to look at the, the road surface and try to compare it. You can go in Golden Cheetah and start to geek out and look at different vibrations relating to your bike, but there's no other specific tool to help you. There's no one button to press and to say, oh, compare one day to the other, you know, for, for road surfaces. But 
the no-show is packed with you know um, accelerometer or gyroscope so we do take these into account so it allows us every time that one of our athletes goes and ride you know the data is is, is sent to our server it's anonymized and then from there we're, we can you we can you know compound all that data and 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 try to find a solution but for now really for for a user it's actually to 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 you know again look at your data with uh with with a bit of skepticism i don't know if the, the word is right skepticism but you know just make sure that um, you you take note of where you're writing if you write on the same circuit and that's that's why it's good for triathlon is that mostly you just don't go you know you're, you're training towards a goal so you know every morning when you go out and you go train you don't just go out to just go see sites right. you're actually going to for efficiency so you, you mainly have you know I, I have about like three different runs that I do and, and, and that's where I go. So I know the road, I know where I'm, where I'm going. And, and when I do test, I try to test in those same segments. So if I go out and I go somewhere else, then, then I take note of the road surface and, and, and then look at the data with, with that in mind. If the numbers seems skewed, well, then I start investigating on, on, was it the road? Uh, was there too much wind? Was there a lot of crosswinds where I was going? Was a lot of car passing me by? But you know, one of those components for sure is is, um, is the road. Mm. And I think those are all great points too, because proper scientific method, like you have to keep the experiments yes. as consistent as possible. Um, mm -hmm. And there's just so many variables in there. Cause even you were talking about crosswinds or uh, different road surfaces, but even within the same road surface, if you're um, even if you've got the same wind conditions, you might have different temperatures, which affects air density and you might have mm -hmm. different uh, like the rubber and your tires might be harder or softer yeah. if it's hot or cold. Um, so there's just, almost an impossible number of variables mm -hmm. to control. So if you can do under the most controlled circumstances, you can do the same test over and over again. Mm -hmm. That will definitely give you the best results. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. If you're looking to, to, to see the difference between like, you know, uh, two sets of wheels or two helmets or two skin suits, well, then you have to control those with more precision. And then because you're, you're looking for the fine, finer, minute details. So that's where like everything has to take into, has to be taken into account and, or, you know, but if you just go out and train you know, you're not you're 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 not looking for for that that uber minimal you know small advantage. You're, you're looking at position, stability of your ride. You know, you've done a couple of benchmark rides before, so I think we could get into protocols. But basically, you kind of benchmark different mm -hmm. different positions. You set yourself a goal as a number for your CDA, and then from there, when you go out and you train and you ride for two three hours, you know, it's it's you'll get you'll get a CDA average for the whole ride. But you know, during that ride, you'll you know you'll relax a little bit you start you stop you know and your your tire pressure might change surface might change and things like that so when you look at that data your training data it's it's you, you try to identify some segments which are more stable and then from time to time that's where you look at and then then it doesn't make that much of a you know difference because you're not looking for that minimal gain advantage um so it's like you just gotta understand when these factors have to be taken into account in more minutia and and when you know it, it when it doesn't uh, affect it that much for sure and at the end of the day i think everyone understands that that everything that you know anything that measures anything on your bicycle is a tool yeah. and in order to use that tool to you know it's it's maximal advantage you have to understand <laughs> its its strengths and its limitations <laughs> and i totally take your point when you when you're talking about this but i think it makes sense for for those folks who haven't tried something like this before, mm -hmm. uh, maybe now is a good time to talk about protocols. Mm -hmm. You started talking about them a little bit uh, 
uh, Guillaume, and I think this is a great time so that people can know, okay, I strapped this thing on my bike. I understand that. What happens next? I'll, I'll actually let Simone like, talk about yeah. a bit more about the protocol. But just before, just the, the, the thing is also about this device, and we know that it's, you know, it's new, it's out there, there's a lot to take into account, is that we actually try to support like really we spend a lot of time trying to support our our, our, our users or clients. Um, basically, uh, we were talking about CRR. You know, if, you, if 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 one of our users doesn't can't make sense of the data one day, you know, it's it's as easy as you know you know picking up opening up the website and chatting with us. Um, we're we're quite available. So we've we've had some actually athletes that came to us and said, okay, so this was working really good for me in the UK. And then um, I went out and I trained in Spain and then basically the data doesn't seem to make sense anymore. So we actually have, you know, all the, the tools and we, we, we dig down to the data and then we, we, we actually, for some users understood that the road surface because of the vibration was much different. And then, you know, we asked that, that athlete to, 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 to remember how the roads were and actually the, the road surface was, was pretty bad and have riders in New Zealand, which, you know, again, the roads are, are, <laughs> crazy terrible and uh and and, you know and then we can actually you know um modify some of the things when when the user goes into golden cheetah and and have you know work together to find the results right now we're just we're just learning so much from uh, from our clients out there so that's the thing we try to support that so you're you're not just all alone in your journey but um yeah so then it gets into protocol so for sure if our users have a a way of doing things and after that for sure for us it's easier to investigate and, and to find solutions for every every personal situation so on protocols simo <laughs> what's yeah. the recommendation what do we recommend <laughs> all right so so right now we have we recommend two ways to use the, the device the first one would be the benchmark ride which is like an idle test and the second one would be a free ride like a training ride or something like that so the benchmark okay. ride it's mostly uh, not in back uh, about three kilometers out three kilometers back and that that rather do, and with that, like with that protocol, we can then uh, take out like the 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 parts that were not good, which is the the start and the the, the stopping and the U turn, which does which our app does uh, does that, so we trim out like those parts, and then so it comes off with two segments, the out and the back, which uh, about maybe. 2.5 or uh, something like that kilometers and, and then we can uh, we can then uh, at the same time we can uh, calibrate the device for the airspeed and then get a really good CDU number out, out of this test uh, so and, it creates like a controlled scenario basically where yeah. we can actually like look at you know when you're when the rider is riding out and when he's coming back if there's so many variations in the movement or how the bike moves around and stuff like that then we can say okay well it's going to be hard to compare you weren't stable enough on your bike and then after that we can look at you know if there's turbulence when you're going out and not back well then we can remove these turbulence parts so like a car passing you by for sure if there's like crazy traffic it'll be hard to to remove all of that points and in the end we try to have a minimal set of data to be able to to give you a result. So we're actually trimming down all of those errors that we see. So that that allows you know for a, for a stricter way to give you a number in which you can have confidence. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And and then this way you can, if you do multiple tests with that protocol, and then you can easily compare each one of these tests with one another, and then get a more uh, precise value uh, with all of these tests. 
you would use something like this if you were testing components or positions, for example. You would do, you would do this baseline test over and over and over again. Is that right? Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So basically, when you go in training, it's not like if you go right for three hours and you got your set of tools and you can just change your stack on the fly, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> so the idea is like the practicality of it is that you 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 want to understand the numbers that you can get, and then after that, it's like a, almost like going to the wind tunnel, but you don't need to go to the wind tunnel. You can just go outside, you know, <laughs> in your area mm-hmm. and do the same thing. So um, you try. So the recommendations we have is is try to do those tests on the same day and to do uh, multiple um, uh, sets of these tests. So let's say I want to try, um, I'm, on my, I'm on my try setup and I want to I see the effect of, um, of, uh, of, a, of a different stack height or just seeing if, you know, if I'm more open or more closed. So let's say I would have like uh, four tests. So um, uh, stack, um, I would do uh, about three tests with my first stack and then do another three out and back with my, uh, my stack higher. And then after that, do another three tests with uh, a, a more open and then um, a more closed, but with the same stack height. Well, I'm actually I'm think I'm trying too many tests in there, but the idea is that you uh, do a couple of out and backs during the same day and compare. So then, let's say I come out of that and I see that my that my average uh, CDA for my uh, my higher stack is actually is actually better. Well, then I can understand that maybe that's the that's the position I want to train in. Sure. Um, for sure, those tests are done on a limited um, uh, amount of time, so it's like going to the wind tunnel. So you just have um, an actually a, a picture of a, of about you know uh, a couple of you know maybe fifteen minutes of holding that position. Then, if I feel that that number is a good number, then I can actually go and train in that position and see how that relates to a longer effort. So that's that's the way you, you can go at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think for a lot of people, um, at first glance, they would look at something like this as being pretty intimidating. But when you have the whole protocol laid out, it's actually not too bad. It's just uh, it's more about being careful and just recording exactly what's done. Um, so I think it's a lot more accessible than people think. Um, my my concern is that people would just look at this and be intimidated by it and move on. But I I want to emphasize that the the protocol doesn't actually seem all that difficult as long as you have the right tools in the right area to test. Mm-hmm. And you don't actually need to do like as many out and backs as I was talking about. You can actually just go and, you know, just as a, a, a first time user, I would actually just recommend, you know, go go out and see if you, you know, you, you, you tuck your head in for, you know, 10 minutes, what it gives you. And if you are more relaxed position in your same, your same try setup and see the difference between those. And then you can see like if you would constrain your body and your shoulders for, for you know, 15 minutes, how would that translate to, to, to an arrow gain? Uh, if it doesn't, well, then, <laughs> then you see you can, you know, learn that you can ride more relaxed and be all right about it, and start stop playing those mind games where you're on the road, where you're, you know you're trying to force yourself in a position where actually you realize that that position is not more arrow. And if you do realize that it's more arrow, but it's hard for you to hold, well, then it gives you an idea that you could you actually start training to hold that position. So you know when you're riding in indoors, try to hold that position more, constrain your shoulders. If you know if if you've seen that gave you gains because the thing is is if you don't have a, a number like that and you don't have a device like that you can you 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 try to you try to force your body <laughs> to be more arrow but you don't actually know if it's, if it's just a psychological thing and by doing that usually what happens is you start bobbing your head you know you you, you don't know if you're improving or not it's just you're, you're just out there so now you have the numbers to help you do that so these are the small little things that you can actually start doing right away with the device start to understand 
And the one thing I like about that is the actionable data that you get from it. Um, it's it's all well and good to have a number, but being able to use that number for making yourself faster. So if you look at, um, oh, this position that I need to train in order to maintain, I now have a goal and I know how much faster this will make me for a race. So it gives that emphasis as opposed to, like you said, where you don't really know if you're getting faster or slower, but you're definitely trying harder. Um, at least this way, it gives you some motivation and some uh, some idea of how much you might gain out of it. So that's so that's what we try to bring up to the app. So that's 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 the really that's the really hard part because then you know all well the really hard part is actually uh, you know the actionable data part. So you know two years ago we only had golden cheat and to be able to get actionable data. You, you know again like I said you needed a PhD or or you know a minimum of eight hour of, of classes. Um, but with the app right now you actually have your data right away. So when you do an out and back. Um, you know, you don't need to go and, and, and play around. You, you have that iOS app, you go do your out and back and you apply the, you know, you apply the, uh, the, the, um, the benchmark protocol on it. It's actually going to change. The name is going to change. <laughs> We're working on that's going to be called an arrow test. It makes more sense. So you do like an arrow test. So you're going to apply that, that protocol to it. And right away, without having to go back home, you can see, you know, that it, that it passed, that it fell. And, and if it did pass, you'll have the number. And if it did fail, that's something that, I think um, the release in Scepter didn't, didn't, didn't do that good. We didn't tell you why it failed. So right now, actually, we've created an update, and it actually tells you why it failed. You know, was there too many wind variances? Did it move too much on your bike? Was there too many altitude differences in, in your ride and stuff like that? So so now the big game is is making that, you know, it's it's giving you more actionable insights. So when you go train right now, you have a, a, a CDA average, and you you got to create laps and able to see different, CDA changes as you go forward, but we're working on a new version where you'll be actually able to zoom in into the into the data directly into the app and and get a more precise. You know, you know that straightaway that you were on. You want to get the metrics on just that straightaway. See if you can improve and compare it to another segment. These are the kind of tools that we're working on and and making it even more actionable. So then you get more insight, more precise insight, and then you can learn to improve. Yeah, that's great because I uh, I was on the first gen device with Golden Cheetah being the only <laughs> yeah. analysis tool, yeah. and I got like I mean as much of I I probably top one percent of of cycling nerds out there, and it was <laughs> yeah. a, it was a lot of work <laughs> to yeah. get everything to match up to get you know to make sure that everything uploaded and uh, yeah it's so good to hear that you guys are improving the user experience because it was. It was like a lab tool, legitimately. Yeah. Back back, yeah. you know, in whenever I first got my my unit, it was definitely something you could do to use to get some testing done. But it was not very easy to use. And then yeah, and then if you went out there and you wrote a bunch, and then you came home and your data was junk, I was like, oh, this is so Damn. fucking annoying. Yeah. Now I like yeah. did all this work, and I was looking forward to getting this data, and now I was like, yeah. oh, well. You know, yeah. I was in my own head. I was writing the Instagram post that I was going to put up about which helmet was faster. And then I get home and I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. We still got, it's, it's again, you know, when you have a power meter, you put it on your bike, you know, you expect, you expect it to work right away. You know, yeah, it, you know, it's, 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 it's a strain gauge. You calibrate it and then it's done. <laughs> and, uh, I would wish for this, uh, for the device to be as simple, but the difference is, is that we have multiple sensors to calibrate and to, to have work yeah. together. So I think that right now at the point that we're at, I think we have the best version of what you can, you know, 
you know, I, I can't wait to, to have competition out there and, and see other devices and other, other tools that are getting out. But, but right now at the moment, I think that with the work we did, I think that you have the, the best way to actually get at, 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 um, at actually actionable, you know, results and, and have a bit more confidence in the numbers that, that you're seeing. And um, so that's really, I think the whole, the whole work that we're working really hard with the engineers and it's, it's understanding the data and, and how to actually um, make sense of it and, and, and push it forward. But cool. Uh, you guys talked about two different ways to ride uh, doing the, uh, you know, the aero test or the be- the benchmark test mm-hmm. and then also the free ride. So um, I'd love for uh, Simone to talk about the free ride option just so we can kind of close the logical loop on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. So the, so the free ride is mostly like you go out and then you test your position or your, your new equipment and then you see if you can maintain your same CDA over like an hour, over two hours, or over like four hours of riding. And so so that way you can either decide if this position was good or not. Okay. Is this what replaces what you guys used to call live CDA? Is this what we're talking about now? Live CDA is another component, basically. So okay. what we're talking about is when you're using the app, there's two ways of actually using it. So the first one, like Simone just talked about, we talked about extensively, is the benchmark mode. So it's basically a, a small a picture in time of a sure. a three a three kilometer out and three kilometer back, uh, and that allows you to be like almost like in a wind tunnel condition and 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 get different numbers and see which number you want to train or put as a goal for yourself. Then after that, there's the free ride mode. So you still use the app or your, your Garmin, you start you start a ride, but it's not going to be passed through the funnel of an automatic system that's going to try to remove different data points and, and, and get you a number to compare. It's actually just recording. Yeah. So it records if you got 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours, it's just going to record the whole ride and it's going to give you, you know, those, 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 ride recording details so you'll have the average cda for the whole the whole ride and then but that again you have to take that into you know if you rode for 20 minutes and you were really strict about it you know that number is going to make that's going to make sense but if you rode for three hours for sure and there there's moments where you weren't arrow you weren't paying attention sure so then after that that's why uh, in the app you'll be able to drill down in the data or you create yourself some laps with your head unit so that allows you to have like some markers and in, in that data and so basically free ride is just riding out. So a uh, context of training. So you train. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to see if the goal that you set yourself or that you found, that number that you found doing the first mode, the uh-huh. benchmark riding, if you can hold that through time. So then you can look at every time you go training with the no-show, then you can see if you've improved. So you can look at a segment of your ride, you know, for, you know, for 30 minutes, you know, that that part, usually you're, you're going through a, lar- a long field and, you know, arrow is important and uh, you want to see if you can improve. So maybe the first time you are able to hold the, a good number for about 10 minutes but then after 15 20 minutes then that your cda number starts to drift off then the next time you go and the week week after week you see that you've improved and then you can have confidence with that mode that you let's say when you go in a in a racing condition in a racing situation that you were able to to hold that new position or you're able to be more arrow so really it's it's benchmarking yourself that's the first mode the second mode is is a training mode so free ride it just got it it just calculates the data. It doesn't apply any specific, you know, uh, uh, protocols to it. It's it's um, it's to, for you to see your progress. Right. Uh, one of the one of the questions that I posed to you guys was that the last time I used the unit, which again was a long time ago with older 
maybe older hardware and certainly older software. Uh, one of the issues that I had with using kind of a, well, I was using live CD or free ride was the impact of non-zero yaw wind. So for example, I couldn't tell, so so just for, for listeners to understand what the heck I'm talking about, let's say I'll, I'll, I'll do a, an, ex, I'll explain an example. So let's say I'm riding into a headwind and uh, the the pitot tube on the unit is measuring is knows that there's a headwind. It's comparing my speed versus the speed that it's sensing in the air. It's getting my speed from the speed sensor, and um, it understands that I'm going into a headwind, and it gives me a CDA, which is awesome. And then I turn 90 degrees. So now that headwind is a sidewind at 90 degrees. But if you take my speed into account, there's some kind of you know non-zero yaw airflow over me. So it's not coming straight at me or straight from behind me. It's coming at some kind of angle. And so uh, the the issue I had in those contexts or in similar situations was that the, C, the displayed or the measured CDA that I was seeing was diff- the, the magnitude of the change in the CDA due to the change in wind conditions was far greater than due to anything that I could possibly do, especially if I was riding my race setup, which would be like deep front disc wheel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any kind of non-zero CDA, as Andrew and I have talked about many times, with a disc wheel or a TT frame is going to have some positive effects. So your CDA will look like it's decreasing in, you know, let's say 15%, 15 degree uh, yaw condition. So, and you haven't changed anything in your position, so you I wouldn't expect yeah, that, exactly, that drop, basically. Exactly. Or then, so then the magnitude of the change that I was seeing was dramatic, whereas I didn't do anything. So then how would I, how would I, as a rider, be able to parse the difference between the change in environmental conditions and the change in my position? <laughs> so, so that's, that's, that's the part. So right now, for sure, we don't have a, um, so it, our device is, is affected by yaw. Um, so if the wind comes complete from the side, actually uh, the device doesn't register the actual real um, the real airspeed that you should be getting because basically you know it's not taking it out the it's not taking the full spectrum of the of the okay. uh, of the yaw basically. So that's that's the part there that we know about our device and that we try to communicate to all our users is that you have to be aware of those conditions. So you actually rode and you saw some some difference and the numbers started to not make sense and you're like, well, I didn't change anything. So you were right in thinking that you know and mostly those um, those those um, those CD numbers were 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 skewed because of that. So right now with the, the state of the device at the moment, um, you, the rider really has to be aware of, like, like we said, like for the road conditions and also for the wind conditions. So um, I would have loved to be able to actually tell you the exact degree at which it starts to fall off. And then you can, you can, uh-huh. but, but these are actually things that were, that were planned. We we're supposed to spend the week in Phoenix for, um, for, and that, that was canceled due to, uh, to, to COVID. And we were, we, we were a team of uh, three engineers, um, uh, me, uh, so four at all. And we were going out and, and to be able to give to our users actually a, a better resolution of what to look for. So, you know, um, you know, at, at which point is it 10k, 12k, 15k, or 20k? At which you know you should start not using the device to 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 to, to change what you're doing. Uh, how many degrees of angle of wind? So basically, right now, um, I think Simo, what's what's about the plus or minus the resolution of the the yaw that we take into account with the pitot tube, so that users out there can. Yeah, so basically, I think uh, uh, around 10 degrees of yaw, you you start getting some. Uh, some changes in the CDA, okay. Uh, but 
the, the exact number we don't know yet, but it's something like that. And then the further you go, the further the the, the error going to grow and uh, it's going to be a little bit more off. But uh, yeah, that's a... And guys, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I, I get that this is, a, this is a, a technical. This is a technical challenge. Yeah. So I guess what I'm looking for more is yeah, but we gotta be, but we gotta be honest about it. Sure. Just basically, you know, if you go outside and you have those questions, it's a legit. It's a you know, it's a legit question. So um, so for sure, we have to to address that. So from your standpoint of as user, is is it is it hard to take these things into account, or what do you feel about it? So that's oh, that's a great question. That's kind of, that's what I was gonna that's what I was gonna ask you was that um, for me because I wasn't expecting it, and then of course mm -hmm. it, once I thought about it, it made total sense. I was like, oh, I turned ninety degrees and it was windy, so clearly the wind conditions are gonna change, mm -hmm. and I understand aerodynamics well enough to understand that. Mm -hmm. um, the question for me, kind of my again, and this was based on data from I'm trying to remember my. I don't know if you, any of you guys have young kids, but like my concept of time has completely destroyed. I don't know if this was <laughs> yeah. last summer or two summers yeah. ago. So yeah. it was either last summer or 2018 where I was playing around with the unit and uh, it must have been 2018. And then uh, I was uh, I was frustrated by it, but that's because I didn't I didn't have a clear understanding of how to use it. Yeah. Do you know, mm -hmm. so I think the the biggest thing that I was missing at the time was it was instructions on, you know, if obviously if you're going to be passed by traffic and you're going to get these gusts of wind from, you know, especially big transport trucks, et, mm -hmm. et cetera, or if you're riding, if it's windy and you've mm -hmm. got structures on the side of the road where you get weird gust conditions that I could understand. But then if I was riding in a, you know, fairly exposed place where mm -hmm. the only changes would have been my, my taking a turn or something, mm -hmm. I needed to know at which point point because if i'm let me re, let me rewind a little yeah. bit. if i'm riding and i want to use this thing in uh in kind of like a free ride mode and i want to know when am i starting to muck up my position when am i getting mm -hmm. too relaxed or when is typically is like when is my head coming up too much right like that's probably the most actionable mm -hmm. kind of question and so i want to know at what point is it me or at what point is it the environmental conditions? So do I need to make a difference or this is a normal, this is normal data and my CDA is higher now because there is, you know, the wind has changed or something. So if I could understand that as a user and then know when I need to make a difference and know when everything is okay, that would be super valuable to me. So, so on that, it's for sure. And all all the situations we're talking about are not always that clear cut. You know, you've turned a 90 yeah. degree. Sometimes it's not that you're actually, you don't actually <laughs> understand, you know, you're just going along the path and it, it just, the angle changed of the road and it's just slower. And, and, and then you see your numbers drifting off off of the live CDA and you're like, what's happening? I, I, uh -huh. I don't think I'm bobbing my head. I don't think I'm, I'm changing anything. And it's basically just, you know, the device being affected by a wind speed or yaw. And sometimes it's not, it's not like if all of a sudden, you know, a hailstorm comes up and then, <laughs> <laughs> then you say, oh yeah, that's because of it. You know, so. So that's 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 what we're working on actually, and and trying to to have these understandings is, is that you you shouldn't basically change anything that you're doing um, uh, at that single precise moment where you see that drifting off. You know, um, we're working on the live CDA. The live CDA is a smaller subset of data that we can actually change send to your to your live unit. So it's basically the NOSIO is recording and free ride, so it's taking all of that and absorbing it. Okay, and and then it's sending in a subset of that data to your to your head unit if you're actually writing with a, a head unit, or if you not a lot, of, 
mostly nobody does that. But if you have your 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 phone strapped on, also you can you can see the live CDA from there. Um, but basically, you see that that live CDA. But it's a it's a smaller subset of information, so it's a, a it's much less precise than what you're get what you're going to get after the write. Got it. So what we actually recommend right now for the user of the device is to uh, to, to use it more like as a um, a post ride training tool. So while you're writing, the live CDA gives you like a, a, a good idea that it's, you know, is it working? Am I close to the numbers I'm looking at? But, you know, you're, you're not looking for, you know, point, point one, point, you know, well, three after the dot. <laughs> so zero, zero, yeah, one, right. zero, zero, five variations. It's, it's bigger variations for the live CDA. So the idea is also rinse and repeat. So, you know, you go ride, you train and you do a couple of days. So it's, it's the compound of all of that data together that will give you an idea if you're training and getting better at it. And then if you want to be stricter at smaller changes and then you want to, you know, work at your goals for that, well, then that's where we recommend going for the benchmark benchmark tool. So then you can do benchmark rides, which are much longer also. The minimum actually, you know, described on the app is 3K. The new firmware actually allows you to do about 1.2, 1.5K as an out and then a back. But you can mm-hmm. use the out and back tool to also do longer rides. So you can do a 30 minute, a 45 minute. But again, you have to come back and then there's a lot of data points and it becomes comp- you know, a, a lot more stuff to do. So you, you could use that tool to, uh, to, um, to fine tune. But again, it's the, it's the free ride in the long term and the, the impact environment. That's what we're working on. So I would, I would say that you, you have to be a bit more aware of your environment than when you normally ride. And that's not always so, so easy for an athlete, you know, focused on, on, on pushing power to kind of understand what's happening. So that's where our tool is there to kind of help that. But it's, you know, for sure, it's not all the way, all the way there and giving you all of that, that info. I don't know if I'm talking too much about this, but <laughs> it just gets a- <laughs> to me, that's a very satisfying answer because the, okay. I think as, um, you know, as an end user, but also as, you know, like I'm a coach, so I mm-hmm. design programs and things and mm-hmm. we're starting to do some product design too. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's a big, I think there's a big, there's a lot of reason to manage expectations of users, right? So like if you're, if you're going to tell somebody that this, this style of, you know, you use this device in such and such a way, and then you, you analyze the data after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, you may not get a ton of actionable data in the moment, like every second of your mm-hmm. ride, like you would from a, not, maybe not every second, mm-hmm. but every three to 10 seconds from your power meter, mm-hmm. um, that makes a lot of sense. Then, then I know what the use case is, and then I know how I can reasonably, you know, expect to use this piece of tech. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's the thing we we work at every day. So we were actually we're actually on the fence right now. So should we dumb down the actual like uh, live CDA? Because if if we we just we just don't give you three three numbers after the dot, we just make it less precise. So then you know it's uh, it's just giving you those those big changes. Then actually, we're removing the fact that when you ride and there's less winds and you're, you're riding in more, you know, um, controlled conditions, that you don't have that live CDA number again to the precision you want. So it's kind of like it works in some conditions, but you got to be aware of them, and it and it's terrible in some other some <laughs> other conditions. So should we actually just remove the live CDA or dumb it down or not? These are the the, the challenge, our everyday challenges, you know, to to how do we control this situation? But the main thing is the communication, and that's I think what we we haven't 
pushed forward as much up to now. So basically, aero training is a is a new segment. It's an it's a, there's going to be more devices like that outside. So we got to be pushing forward more education on it. So you know we'll be we're doing podcasts like this. We'll be doing some some video capsules on how to train and uh, and all of that. So I think. You know, as 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 we move along in time, you know that that information is going to be spread out. More information on how to use our own device and other devices that will be out there. But you know, that's the everyday challenge: is how far do you go? And and <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to stop. Like, look at what's happening with power meters and power training. Like, there's always there are always debates about you know how you want to test and what's the most accurate test and which way, what means what. And it's it's never that that discussion's never you know you get hate mail. You never that discussion's <laughs> yeah. never going to end. I think with with a device as complicated as yours, I think you yeah. you guys are in it for the long haul as yeah. far as trying to yeah. figure this stuff out. But it's really opening up the discussion though, which is the important part, where now people are aware of these things and they're taking them into account when they're training and riding there's a lot of great discussions on that like on slow twitch and and some platforms like that which i think almost sometimes i think we should create our own forum another thing to do <laughs> where we can talk about all of that but there's so there's a lot of different opinions and things are out there and then it's making sense of like you know how do i actually get results for myself as an athlete and and i think that there's the vice out there and that's it, it's, it's starting to get more and more interesting and you know if somebody mm-hmm. wants to embark right now there well it's kind of like the 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 start of a new kind of a of way of, of of seeing performance. So I think it's it's quite I'm quite passionate about it. So <laughs> for for me, the interesting thing too is that um, the the technology, the underlying technology, is really kind of old. It's not um, it's not novel or new. It, like pedo tubes mm-hmm. have been in use for a yeah. hundred years. Um, so it's not it's not like this is a new invention. So. Yeah. The secret sauce is really in how you deal with the data and how you present mm-hmm. it to the user. And that's something that will continue to improve. So if you buy the device now, it will only get better as time mm-hmm. goes on and as you continue to develop these tools. Yeah. yeah. That's that's where that's where actually the promising results that we're seeing is through like uh, artificial intelligence. So, you know, artificial intelligence is basically a a way to predict, uh, you know, is, 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 is this value better than this other and then correct that with prediction. So, so we're actually, we're thinking some, some of the, some of the problematics that we're trying to solve or just, you know, getting better resolution off of some of the sensors, uh, you know, we're not the car industry, so we don't have the same amount of money to, to pour into the, these things and put multiple engineers on it. So, so Simo actually, it'd be interesting if he talks about that, you know, how we work at it and trying to, to find solutions. So we're not actually trying to fix problems. We're trying to kind of circumvent them by predicting what the value should have been. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're getting promising, uh, um, promising results from in that field. Yeah, so basically, what what with machine learning and uh, deep learning, we're trying to, you know, come to um, a better resolution or try to predict something that we cannot predict di- directly from the sensors, and so taking account all of our of the input. So we're taking like I know a power meter, speed mm-hmm. sensor, accelerometer, gyroscope. We then we then enter that into the into the model, and we can predict. Um, some of the values that we we weren't able to predict before so sometimes there's drift in the data or there's errors that we actually can start can you know like an engineer that's trained that's looking in gold cheese can actually see oh here there's something that's going wrong you know so we're actually trying and then we're actually trying to train uh the models to actually almost be as a human and 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 then well even better than a human and say okay there's a problem here and that this point in time actually the you know i think it's the barometer that's going off 
but if we just look at the data point for the um, for the uh, for the accelerometer, oh, that's giving us good data. So then it's it's training the system to understand when when these drifts or these 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 error factors starts to enter in, or there's like a variation in the wind, and other sensors are not are not are not giving us results on that. And just to say like, oh, we predict that actually, you know, there's a, there's a change in wind that shouldn't affect your CDA. So not so actually just predicting don't affect the CDA and keep it stable and things like that, which would have been harder if we just take into account every sensor individually. So artificial intelligence allows us to, you know, to see, a, to, to calculate more and faster and, 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 and predict errors before they come in mm-hmm. and, and, and correct them. That that's super cool. That's I think that's I think where it has to go because, um, you know, as you're as you're saying, it's going to be better than a human, uh, and that's in you know post analysis. If you could get AI, you know, your model to be running in the background of you know either on the head unit or in the Nocio uh, device itself, ta- talking to the head unit, I think that's how you can solve some of the problems that I was raising about yeah. it, you know difficulties yeah. in in getting accurate measurements. Uh, actually, that there's there's already something that we're actually testing, and it's in the firmware. So we're we're actually going to have a in the you know uh, in a sp- spring release or something this summer. We'll have a story about that, but talking about how we used uh, artificial in- intelligence, and it's actually inside of the device. That's why we also changed our name to Nocio.ai. So that's the <laughs> the website. So uh, oh, AI for uh, okay. it's a country actually, but it's it's used a lot in the world of <laughs> artificial intelligence. For, so so uh, we put Nocio.ai there because we're, we're actually. There's a lot of promising research in there. It's quite fun, and in Montreal is a big hub for artificial intelligence. So we actually got a, you know, we've we've been selected um, about a year ago out of multiple uh, different uh, startups to be part of this um, um, uh, kind of like research uh, hub uh, for uh, for industry inside of a research center called the Mila in uh, in Montreal, which uh, basically was funded by uh, the Quebec government, and uh, you know all of I think it's one of the the, the places where there's the most concentration of research being done in AI and in, in a university setting in uh, in North America. So we actually have a small office there and a space in this in this uh, in this um, this knowledge transfer part of the Mila where we can actually mesh with uh, with students and and mesh with PhDs and in, in, in AI and and uh, you know um, get better at it and 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 gain more insights for for athletes. So if I'm going to be perfectly honest, this uh, this discussion's giving me mixed feelings. Not for any bad reason, but just because mm-hmm. I can't go outside and test some of this stuff right oh. now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, just. Yeah, so frustrating. You, you can if you're fun. by yourself, right? I think they're not they're not putting uh, padlocks on your doors yet. Yeah, there there might be a curfew in Alberta. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's also the weather's pretty terrible here so far. Yeah, blame but, the weather, not the virus yeah. for that. But uh, no, I'm super excited to to get out and play with some of these things because it's really getting my my nerd brain going and and uh, <laughs> excited about just being outdoors again and making the cabin fever that much worse right now. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the thing. It's like maybe maybe like a, another podcast to be so how to aero train where when you're stuck inside. You know, there's yeah. probably things that you can you can learn to do. You know, you you see it on 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 Swift. You know, you you know if you're a triathlete, don't train on your road bike. You know, put 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 your actually tri bike there and yeah. and you know uh, keep your position in and and then it could be also interesting to you know film yourself from the side and and you know well then then you have to look at yourself for three hours to see if you pop your head or something like that. But, you know. Or you could do you know you. 
you could start <laughs> leveraging stuff like Leomo. The Leomo tech, um, you yeah. guys probably know about them, right? They're mm-hmm. uh, they have a super interesting product, and I think that mm-hmm. combining what you do with what they do, that's immediately mm-hmm. where my brain goes. Because then you could mm-hmm. say, if you're running both both sets of units, then you could say, look at this is the position that's the fastest, that's sustainable. You've done all your testing, and then when you're doing your training, you know the 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 nocio data may not be all that you know maybe only useful for for after the ride analysis but the leomo data would be useful for you know the in ride analysis potentially like if if you if you've identified this is just i'm just thinking thinking out loud now if you've identified that as i suspect the head position is such a big deal um that if you've identified that this is the optimal head angle for you based on some Leomo measurement, then you could say you could ride with it and say like, this is the, this is where I want my head to be based on the gyroscopic data. Then uh, that's in the sensor that's in my helmet and then uh, train that way. And you could train that way indoors too. So the other thing that I think is really useful for post-ride analysis with taking some of that other data is, to be honest, like I would forget five minutes after what changes I've made. So say you go back and look at your ride and you see like a low CDA value or something and and you're thinking to yourself after the fact was, you know, was that when I lowered my head? Was that when I raised my head? Was that when I looked to the left or right? Or how did I actually achieve that? And having having that sensor fusion or the additional data uh, just really helps clarify what you actually did to achieve that, which um, mm-hmm. which helps button up some of the, I guess, some of the challenges in using this. But uh, it, it really comes down to a collaboration, which I guess is where the whole concept started. So we've kind of gone full circle with the, the whole connect <laughs> concept. Yeah. That's actually that's actually you know some some actually um, of the users or coaches that are using Nocio are actually trying to pair those data together. So there's a system I think it's called uh, yeah it's um, uh, Zephyr, and uh, I think it's actually Canadian, and uh, you can get your torso angles and things like that. So we're working with cool. um, Burke McGlynn at uh, Cyclologic and uh, in Phoenix, and he's actually uses the the, yeah. the Nocio, and he he's been using the. Um, the Zephyr system for a while, and you know, it could be. I think you could get the same results also from using Leomo or other similar devices. And um, sure, sure, he's actually started sharing some of the data with us, and and we're we're trying to to look into that. You know, how it would be, and um, the guys also. Uh, well, Andrew, I think had some uh, great ideas about that also on putting a you know sensors and uh, on on the chest with the with some of the products that you guys are are working on, and then find a way to correlate that together and you give more insight to the user because that's that's the, the like you said it's the hard part you don't actually remember if you look at the three hour ride you know <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to look into so that would you know give um, uh, better insights sure. so it's really cool hearing all the canadian companies involved with this with uh, zephyr and, and things like that so any investors that are listening out there just uh, take note <laughs> canadian companies are where it's at <laughs> Yes. We of the North. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> hey. And Psychologic, interestingly, you mentioned the, the guys at Psychologic. They're the ones who are the, the big, um, I think, the, the kind of the, the source for uh, training for the Jimbiamized bike fit system, which mm-hmm. we talked about a few episodes Ocean ago. Ocean metrics. So. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's all it's all coming together. So it's mm-hmm. the kind of the, the integration of all of this, all of this information. And then the... Uh, 
I think the, the challenge at a certain point or even currently is going to be not to overwhelm your athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So the people using your technology, mm-hmm. you can, your device is capable of projecting or displaying, you know, well, I don't even know how many data points. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you know, your challenge is going to be, or my, you know, challenges for us as coaches is going to be, how do you take all of that information and then distill it to one or two actionable being the keyword mm-hmm. numbers for people to use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, again, we're not all a pro team and we won't have like a, a series of engineers working with us and like extensive training right. camps and access to, you know, different ways. Because there's there are many ways to actually train, you know, and find your CDA and there's ways that you can actually not use our device. I would recommend using ours, but, you know, there's there's multiple <laughs> ways to getting at it. But we're working with, with the pro teams. Basically, what we realize is it, it's like a it's it's a quick way to get at it. And once you understand the device, you know, you know, uh, where it where 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 it shines and where 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 it shines less and then you know you're able to to do more tests without having to open an excel and crunch numbers and stuff like that so and and that's that's all the knowledge that we're trying to bring forward from working with with those teams that you know i hope that we'll be able to disclose the names soon a lot of people work with us but we're, we're still like their secret weapon right now but it's really <laughs> like my point of view and my passion about this is is is, is taking it out of that pro circuit and bringing it out to to basically every athlete out there for sure now it's not for every it's not not that it's not for everybody but it's it's for like a a, a performance focused uh, athlete or triathlete you know if you just go right outside and 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 your goal is just to do an iron man well it's it's probably less of a of a product for you but you know i'd say that arrow actually is is where you can actually gain <laughs> watts without having to train that much yep. is just understanding what's happening so i think that's it's interesting for a bit of everybody but you know being a realist about it it's a, it's a, right now it's a it's a more a bit more poor performance uh, uh crowd but uh the goal is actually all that all that learning is to bring it you know out there for everybody and i think that's that's the, the future of of arrow <laughs> so i would actually make the argument too that um for ironman athletes who are just on the cusp of not making the cutoff this could be a crucial tool for them as well because there's so many gains to be had yep. like the, basically the slower you are the bigger the yep. gains can be mm-hmm. um so this could this could be the difference between you making the mm-hmm. cutoff even at the end of the run mm-hmm. or not making mm-hmm. it so um so i would encourage everyone not even just the, the high performance people to consider this yeah so yeah, so cut off that part where I said it's not for everyone. <laughs> no, but ba- basically, for sure, you know, I, I'd see it like in the setting like of a of a a club also that uh, you know has different levels of of athletes. You know, you you can you can go and uh, and do like a, a a day of benchmarking with some with some riders if you have a no show, and then then you're you know you can you can share it share it with your community. For sure, we'd like for everyone to have its his own personal device, but uh, I think for the benchmarking purposes, and that's why we built the tool for the out and back it's a it's it's almost going to do like a going to the wind tunnel uh you know you go out you go to your 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 local track or you go to the road that that you know you'll have less traffic on and you can be multiple riders and and you just do that for a day so for new new riders coming in it it's going to give them like a an understanding seeing the numbers knowing what they're doing good or, or or not and 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 be able to share that together as a you know as a in a in a in a group setting i think it i think it's a it's it's perfectly well fitted for that 
I agree. I've done that in, in the past with uh, with folks that I've coached because, uh, like I said, I, I've had the, the device for a little while now, and uh, I think it works great. And especially if you guys have streamlined the service because, again, the last time I used it, I had to golden cheat of the thing. Um, but if there's a much easier kind of display, you can you know, you know can show somebody their CDA after, after every single run, after every pass, that would be – that's a super useful tool for coaches. Yeah, and that's there right now. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, awesome. that's, that's something that you can use. It's basically the, the tool we did a webinar, I think uh, this week uh, with, with the COVID situation, uh, uh, we're, we're going to take time a little bit to push it forward, but we'll all be available on our website uh, coming forward. But uh, about that. Um, yeah. So um, putting that. That's forward. awesome. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, so this this has been a super interesting conversation. Hopefully everyone listening thinks the same, but I know from from the nerdy geeky standpoint, it's definitely uh it's tickled my brain a little bit and I <laughs> I love this kind of talk. So I'm and even still like I've talked to you guys a bunch of times before, but I still learn something every time, so it's fantastic to have this opportunity. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Every opportunity we have to talk about Aero, you know, <laughs> it takes us it takes us off of our computer for for an hour and a half, and it's, uh, it's good yeah. like minded uh, individuals that you know like uh, performance for sure. We're all into that. <laughs> so, I guess as a wrap up question, um, what what kind of things can we expect in the future? You've hinted at a few of the developments, but um, what's what do you foresee in the next year or two years? So basically, the question is, Simon, what are you working on right now? <laughs> yeah. So, so the first thing I think we can we can say is that we we're working to improve um, the device to make sure that it's uh, more uh, accurate, more precise, uh, and so m- making sure that every sensors that we get, every data that we get out of the of the session and present to the to the to the users that it's it's good data, it's uh, uh, and it's usable to to uh, sort of able to predict or to to know their their data and, and their CDA. so mm-hmm. that's I think one of our main focus to uh, to work on and I think the other part it's you know um, trying to to get the people know how to train with CDA and train with IO to uh, make sure that they they know how to use a device like us or like, like ours and but then that that doesn't take all all that you work on. So like so some of the things that Simo is working. So we 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 actually do some research projects. So so in AI. So if we talk, we think about the big picture and the future of it. You know, in AI, we're we're working in a, a different uh, track. So there's always you know making the sensors better and predicting better results. But there's also understanding how the rider moves on the bike. So there's um, there's some research we're doing on um, acti- human activity recognition. So that's mm-hmm. like basically relates to like uh, your Apple Watch knows yes. if you're on your Strider, if you're running, if you're cycling, and stuff like that. Well, then us, it's looking with the sensors we have on a bike, trying to understand how uh, how the athlete's positioned with the least amount of sensors on it so you know we're doing we're doing work on that there's a dynamic crr uh, that's something that's really interesting because we have you pretty much have all the data points for it you know uh data point that could be missing but that could be added is actually like a pressure sensor for your for your tires and stuff mm-hmm. like that and these are the things also that our device is able to connect but it's more like in a in a r&d setting but these are the things we're working on, uh, understanding more about the uh, drive chain efficiencies. These are the things they're working on. And um, as a, you know, from a user standpoint, 
um, that's more like the the geeking out of it. What does that result in is that we have more we're, we have more actionable insights, and we can actually have like a almost like a never replacing a, a, a true coach, but 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 hinting towards some of the things that could help you. You know, um, should you tuck in more? Should you tuck in less? You know, it'd be great if the device could actually give you some insight on that. And I think that in the near future, there's things like that that can that can happen. For me, near future is a <laughs> is a, a 2022, but uh, <laughs> you know, like um, like the virtual coach. Right. <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah. So there's 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 some devices out there that um, that are also working on 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 things like that, so we can collaborate. So we're working on collaboration uh, and um, and 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 making this more accessible and and offering more. <laughs> more, 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 <laughs> more speed. <laughs> one more. That's what it comes down to, right? Uh, guys, I want to echo what Andrew said. This has been a, a super fun conversation. Uh, I think, as you said, we're, we're like-minded individuals. And I find that uh, anytime I, I, I speak to folks like you and I listen to what you have to say, I always come up with new ideas or new potential things I want to try, which is kind of like my favorite thing about doing a show like this. So uh, if people want to learn more about uh, Nochio or p- want to pick up a device, where do they go? Well, there's the, the Nocio.ai website. Okay. So you just go on the Nocio.ai. You can you can actually uh, uh, go there. It's the it's the main hub for everything. We also have an Instagram account and a Facebook. But from the website, you can actually buy direct from the website uh-huh. for North America. Uh, so um, uh, Mexico, uh, United States, and Canada. Then after that, we're opening up. Uh, we're going to be opening up soon to different um, areas of the world, but mostly in Europe right now. You can buy it through distributor. So again, on the website, there's a section. If you go to the burger menu and you go to like, uh, I think it's uh, distributors uh-huh. or uh, you know where, where to buy. Um, you'll have uh, if you're in the UK, there's a couple of there's a multiple shops there. Um, starting to get some device uh, in the you know the Norway, Sweden. Uh, there are some devices in Spain, Italy. Um, there's uh, South. Africa, we got um, uh, accredited for Australia, so th- there's some devices there. Um, uh, Japan is getting some, so there's there's different models depending on on where we are. So it's, some of them is through shops. It makes it easier, you know, for uh, for uh, for uh, there's a lot of. Uh, this device has got a lot of electronics in it, sure. so we had to pass a lot of tests and certifications, which we did. So, um, yeah, and the, and the website is going to open up some different uh, areas. I think uh, Switzerland, and uh, um, I don't remember all the list of countries, but uh, pretty soon uh, you'll be able to buy it direct uh, for those areas which don't have actually shops that are holding it uh, uh, there. That's awesome. And uh, our listeners, if you're in the Toronto area, once this pandemic is over reach out to me and if you want to try the device do a little bit of benchmarking i'll be uh, i'll be happy to help out well guys thank you so much for your time uh really enjoyed this chat thank you guys yeah great thanks okay. nice